Mindfully Well with Mel, episode number two. Hey friends, welcome to Mindfully Well with Mel. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I'm a registered nurse, certified functional nutritionist, and life coach who empowers busy women to attain the life they love and to feel well inside and out. This podcast dives deep into the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of what it looks like to live mindfully well. So let's get started. Are you team track everything or team track nothing? In this episode, we're going to discuss when I use macros for my clients, when I don't, and why I actually love both ends of this spectrum. So first, let's talk about why I like tracking macros. There's a few reasons, and to be honest, I usually have my clients track at some point. Um, One of the reasons I really like using um, either my fitness pal or another tracker that I like is chronometer. And I'll talk about the differences here shortly. But uh, the first reason that I like it is because it's wonderful data. And my type A mind loves data. I like to make decisions from science. I like to see hard proof. And when I have data, I can make a better informed decision for my clients or help them make decisions based on the data. Because when we're putting our foods into, I'm gonna just be saying my fitness pal because that's often what we use. When we're putting foods into my fitness pal, it creates a wonderful diary for us to be able to look back. And when we have this diary, we're able to say like, hey, this is working or this isn't working. Do we need to adjust something based on your protein intake that you've been having for the last few weeks or maybe your fats or maybe your carbs? So data is one of the core reasons that I use my fitness pal. The other reason is that it's really good for awareness. Sometimes when we've never tracked our foods before, we have absolutely no idea what is in the foods that we have been eating. And we maybe think that something is healthy or that it's good for us. And then we look at it in MyFitnessPal and it's like, wow, I really had no idea that there was that much fat or that many carbs or the most important thing, how much sugar is actually in this food. And is it an amount of sugar that's really worth it for that food? And so the awareness that you can get from starting to track your food is really helpful and beneficial. I like that it can be used for most goals, right? So any sort of health goal, most body recomposition goals, or a weight loss goal. So it's very versatile in that aspect also. And it's useful when you need to make that change, either for your weight, or if you want to add some muscle on your body, if you're looking for mostly just fat loss and you don't want to lose any muscle, um, because remember when we're talking about weight, this is going to be any weight that comes off your body. It could be muscle. It could be fat. It's most likely a combination of both. But when we're focusing on just body recomposition, we're hoping and doing everything we can to keep the muscle on your body and hopefully build some muscle too, which is fantastic, and focus on fat loss. And so macros can really help with that because the distribution of macros 
when it comes to body recomposition is very important. We really want to focus more on carbohydrates, more on protein, especially around your workouts and making sure that um, you have enough of the right kind of fuel around those workouts. And so tracking macros can be really helpful when it comes to that. Um, Another thing is someone who is on the road to type 2 diabetes. If you are having a lot of blood sugar problems, um, high blood sugar, or even low blood sugar, or you go back and forth between the two, then tracking in MyFitnessPal can be really helpful because it can help you see, wow, I had a lot of sugar at this meal, and then I crashed at this time of day, and that gives us some really good insight. A lot of times I'll have clients come to me and they always talk about their mid-afternoon crash. And so then I like to look at what did you have for lunch? And is that lunch causing you to have a blood sugar spike and then you crash a few hours later? And so if I can see what those carbohydrates were, where they were coming from, did you have fiber? Did you have sugar? Did you have any fat or protein with that meal? That can give us really good insight as to maybe some blood sugar imbalances. It's also so helpful for my chronic over or under eaters. Often I have clients who are under eating. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably one of these. Many of us think that we are overeating and that's why we have a so-called weight problem. But it's actually because we are undernourished and we're overeating the wrong kinds of foods, not necessarily even calories. It's just not the right kinds of foods for our body. And we're just under eating on nutrients. So if somebody is not eating enough food, it can be a great awareness tool for them when they start to track and we see, hey, you're eating 1200 calories a day and that's totally not enough to sustain you. No wonder why you're so darn tired. No wonder why you can't get through your workouts. Um, no wonder why you're not sleeping at night, right? Because you are undernourished and you're not giving your body enough food. We've always been taught for so long that eating less is better. Eating less will get you to your goal, but that's not true. Eating optimal will get you feeling better and looking better and feeling like your body is in a healthy place and you have the energy that you really need to have to get through your day. And so it is really, really useful when I have chronic under eaters because that can bring awareness to, hey girl, you're just not eating enough food. 1200 calories a day, just so you all know, is not enough to sustain you. You need to be eating more. And when I say more, obviously this is going to depend on who I'm talking to, your activity level, your age, um, your diet history, all of that goes into play. But 1200 calories, it's never going to be enough. And this can actually help me teach you how to establish your hunger and fullness cues when you are a chronic under eater, because we will continue to under eat and not get those right hunger and fullness cues, which I do teach you what those are. And we'll talk about those in the future podcasts, but understanding your hunger and fullness are really important things to know. But if you've been chronically under eating, you're not really getting the right cues and you're not knowing when to eat and when to stop and everything is kind of misaligned. And in order to bring those back in, it's helpful to have some data to know what did you eat at this meal? How did you feel? What did you eat before you started eating? And because a lot of times when, when we don't understand our hunger and our fullness cues, We are waiting way too long 
to eat and we're expecting to feel like complete garbage before we feel like we're hungry. And at that point, you've gone way too far. You've gone way too long without eating. And then you tend to overeat because you reach a place of being really reactive around food and just doing anything to get rid of that hunger feeling. And so you easily overeat. And so you go from one end of the spectrum to another. By tracking your food, you can start to create awareness on what did those hunger feels like maybe an hour before you started to eat. How about two hours before you started to eat and start to gain awareness there? And let's now talk about why I don't like tracking. When I have someone using my fitness pal or tracking their foods, it is really easy to get into the mindset of thinking that meeting your macros is all that matters. And so we start to really think that quantity is the only important thing and quality is not. We tend to just get a ton of gratification on seeing those numbers match up at the end of the day, no matter what was in our food journal. So maybe your food journal looked like um, some pizza and two cups of broccoli and um, some Oreos and some of cereal and a glass of milk. And it's just like random foods in there and aren't quite as nutritious as they could be. And so we really start to lose touch with what actually matters, and that's the nutrition you're putting in your body. And we really only focus on meeting our macros, and I just despise that term, but sometimes I have to use it in order to get the the idea across on what I'm talking about. So we just start to lose perspective there. The other thing is that it can be really triggering. So if you're somebody who has a history of eating disorders or orthorexia, which is a basically an obsession over healthy eating, it can be very, very triggering because you will continue to try and try and try and meet these numbers with exact precision. And that's just not possible. One caveat to my fitness pal is that remember, it's a computer that people put numbers into and it only knows the numbers that people put in there. And humans we're really not that correct. Humans make mistakes. And so if humans make mistakes, computers can make mistakes. And there's actually a whole bunch of garbage information in my fitness pal. There's a whole lot of entries in there that make no sense that aren't correct. And so we tend to make meeting these macros mean something entirely different than what it actually means. We give it so much more glory and gratification to getting our numbers to line up exactly right when, to be honest, it doesn't actually give you a better result than just being consistent most of the time with great food. That is something I preach over and over and over again is perfectionism. It doesn't exist no matter how much you want it to. And perfectionism will hold you back from reaching your goals because all you need to be is consistent in great choices most of the time. And so we tend to get hyper-focused on these numbers and these numbers actually aren't making us any healthier. They aren't making us any better. And they're probably not teaching you a whole lot when you're really fixated on just reaching one number on your protein and one number on your fats and carbs. Um, We tend to lose touch with our own hunger and fullness. So I talked about how it can actually be used to establish those hunger and fullness cues. But the other caveat is that it actually becomes a crutch and we don't even listen to our hunger and fullness. We'll look at our our macros for the end of the day and think, oh my gosh, I have 50 carbs left. What am I going to eat? And you're not even hungry. 
right? You're just using my fitness pal as a permission slip to be able to eat when you're not hungry. And when we're eating, when we're not hungry, we're losing integrity with ourselves. We're losing trust. We're putting all of it, all of it into my fitness pal telling us like, this is a good decision. When again, this is a computer, it only knows the data that you put in there. And some of the data could be off, it could be incorrect. And so we are putting all of our hope and dreams into an app and it becomes a crutch. And then there will be another day where you're starving because we will have days where we're more hungry than other days because of things like sleep and hormones and light exposure and water. And when those are different, we'll be more hungry. But the thing is, I want you to learn how to understand your hunger cues, right? What does it feel like to be physically hungry? And when my fitness pal says, nope, sorry, you don't have any more macros, you don't eat. And then you're denying yourself food when your body physically is asking for food. And so that, again, creates mistrust and you lose integrity with yourself. We want to be able to get to a point where when our body is physically hungry, we feel safe to eat. We feel safe to eat enough food to where we are satisfied and we don't overeat and we don't lose control over foods because we let ourselves get too hungry. And so we tend to put all of our trust inside this app and expect it to make all of our body dreams come true. And it just doesn't work that way. Um, The other reason why I don't love it is that it's a pain to track everything, right? Um, If we're being honest, that's one of the biggest things I hear is um, it's a pain in the butt to track my foods. The other thing is that we become really selective on what to track and what not to track. I'll see clients or hear of people um, only tracking on good days, right? They really want to show me their journal on days when they met everything wonderfully, but on days when they didn't and there's no dinner in there and there's no snacks in there, I'll ask what's going on. And it's like, well, I did XYZ. I had pizza, so I just thought I'm not going to track. Well, that kind of defeats the purpose because we're not tracking to promote guilt and to make you feel terrible about your choices and your decisions. We're just tracking for data and awareness. And when we can just be neutral about tracking, it's so much more useful. And when we're only using it to show off our good days, we're not really using it in the way it needs to be used. We're letting it make us feel good or we're letting it make us feel bad. And the truth is that it's just an app. It's just an app. It doesn't have the capability of making you feel good or bad until you let it make you feel good or bad, until you assign those numbers a meaning. And those numbers don't have to mean anything about you, friend. They're just numbers. And the last thing I want to talk about, which is my favorite, is mindful eating. Because in my practice, I teach mindful eating along with macros. I think it's very important that I teach you how to live outside of an app. Because if I just teach you how to use an app, I've basically taught you nothing. You can do that on YouTube. You don't need me to teach you how to use an app. But we have become very disconnected with our bodies and we don't really understand what mindful eating is. And to be honest, there's always a lot of talk on like um, mindful eating. I like to use the term mindful eating and here's, I'm going to just explain why. Mindful eating to me is thinking about what you're going to eat ahead of time. 
And this is an important thing because we need to be conscious about our food choices. We need to decide before we eat because when we don't decide before we eat, we end up getting very hungry and then we become very reactive. And that reaction looks like eating anything that's easy and quick so we can get rid of the hunger feeling. That is the place that we have often come to is that we try not to think about food as often as we can, and then we end up letting food be a problem. Whereas if we are mindfully eating, we're thinking about what do we want to put in our food for fuel on this day? What am I going to have for breakfast? What am I going to have for lunch? What am I going to have for dinner? Am I usually hungry at 3 p.m.? I should probably plan a snack. It's thinking about it ahead of time. And when you do this, your day will end up so much better. I promise it happens every time. My clients will come to me and say, wow, it just works out so much better when I think about it. And it's so true. Anything that you put more time and attention to ahead of time is going to work out better in your favor. Your conscious mind is so precious and it's such a beautiful tool that we often use our conscious mind against ourselves when really we can use this beautiful tool in our favor. And so thinking and planning ahead what you're going to eat is simply being a mindful eater. So I say, before you start eating for the day, plan what you're going to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And this is why meal planning is so helpful because for one, you already have your food ready to go in the fridge, but The other obvious thing that we don't ever think about is that you've already thought about it. You already know what you're going to eat and you don't have to re-decide later, which is kind of a time sucker. The other part of mindful eating is understanding your fullness and hunger cues. When you're not looking at an app, you can really become inside your body. Really think about what does my body feel like right now? Do I have physical hunger cues and what are those physical hunger cues? Is it a growling tummy? Am I feeling a little irritable? Am I feeling um, a little woozy? Do I have a headache? Am I overly thirsty? Are those some signals that you are getting ready for some food? And I like to tell my clients, you want to rate this on a scale from zero to 10 because our brain loves certainty. It loves exact numbers. It doesn't love to live in the gray, even though I usually teach you to live in the gray because that's where we want to be. But our brain really does. It loves certainty. It loves answers. It loves numbers. So give it a number zero to 10. Zero is your starving, um, bad place to be like way too hungry. You're very, very reactive. You'll do anything to get rid of your hunger. And 10 is you're so full that, um, you can't do anything. You just got to lay on the couch and let it pass. And generally we want to start eating when we're around a three to a four, because we're very conscious in that point. We're not reactive. We're hungry. We're ready to eat. We have an appetite, but we're not going to grab anything and just shove it in our mouth. And then I tell you, you want to continue to eat until you're about a seven. And when you do that, you might be a little annoyed. You're definitely going to think I should keep eating, but you're going to wait about 10 minutes. And after about 10 minutes, you should be at an eight and an eight is just satisfied. You don't feel the need to eat anymore. You are no longer hungry and you can easily move around and be active. You could go for a walk and that feels good. Um, That would be at an eight and that's where you want to stop. And so that is really how you develop a mindful eating practice. The other thing about eat mindful eating while you're eating is that you don't want to be doing it while you're doing 10 hundred other things because it's going to be really hard to be mindful and not overeat when you are busy doing other things. It also develops um, independence, right? It's not 
acting like a crutch, like my fitness pal can act. And you become just so much more independent and you really start to trust yourself. Because when you develop these cues, you understand these cues, you've thought about what you're eating and you eat it. Basically, you say what you're going to do or you do what you're going to say. That builds trust and integrity with yourself. And when you do that, you don't have to keep second guessing that you're going to start something and quit it right? You build that trust with yourself that you do what you said you were going to do. You said you were going to have a chicken breast with salad today and you had it. And that every time you do that builds a little bit more trust, a little bit more integrity with yourself. And you keep doing it over and over again. And you can really feel how food affects you because it all vibrates differently, right? Um, You can really feel, how do I feel after I have three slices of pizza? Versus how do I feel when I have a very balanced meal with some salmon and some potatoes and some broccoli? How do I feel after those foods? How do I feel while I eat those foods? And what's the difference? Because honestly, when's the last time you overate and you binged on some salmon and broccoli? Probably not, right? Because it's whole foods. It vibrates differently in your body. It gives your body the nutrition that it needs. So it's not out there looking for more food, more nutrition, it's actually satisfied. Whereas when you have three slices of pizza, for some reason you keep having this cue to continue to eat, right? And that's because three slices of pizza is full of calories, but it's not necessarily full of nutrition. Not saying it's a bad food, but is it really filling that nutritional profile? Eh, Probably not. So that's why you end up being like, why am I looking for more food after I already stuffed my face full of pizza? And that's why. And so food vibrates differently in your body. And when you become mindful, when you become a mindful eater, you can really understand these. And it's not such a confusing process. So I truly believe that there is a time and a place for both. And it depends on where you are in your journey. I like to coach my clients to use them interchangeably to when you're using one, you use the other. And, um, especially when you are tracking your macros to become a mindful tracker so that you can move away from MyFitnessPal at some point because we don't want to be on that app forever, right? And I think it's beneficial to take a break from tracking, especially if you've been relying on it for too long. I think that if you are doing mindful eating and not seeing or feeling the change that you want, then it's time to use another tool. Maybe you do want to use MyFitnessPal to see really what are you eating throughout the day and should you be changing it up. And I think coaching can be really helpful and beneficial when using a tracking tool, especially when it comes to your mindset around that tool. And when it becomes our only influencer as to how we're progressing, it can be really confusing and discouraging because a computer system is telling you whether you're doing a good job or not. And remember, computers are only able to give you feedback based on your data and not the person in front of it. It doesn't care about your hormones. It doesn't care about your mental health or even your physical health. It just cares about the numbers you put in it. And you are more than just a set of numbers. And that's what matters to me. Okay, friends, I hope you learned a lot from this episode. I hope you decide to take a mindful approach to your macros after this episode. I would love to hear how you're doing. Make sure and follow me on Instagram. Melissa underscore Ike, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mindfully Well with Mel. 
If you're ready to take practical steps to live a more mindful and healthy life, I encourage you to follow along on Instagram. You can find me at Melissa underscore Ike, where I share tips to help women just like you become healthier, lose unwanted weight, and feel well without the extremes and overwhelm. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review on iTunes, which helps me to continue to create content you love. Finally, please note that the material in this episode is for educational purposes only and is not intended as a replacement for medical advice. Thanks for listening.